The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Good morning, and God bless you. My spirit says yes. My attitude is if the Lord needs somebody, here am I. Send me. For my spirit says yes. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, God said all things, not some things, not most things, but all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Thank you for your prayers and your support. We just returned yesterday from New York where I went to eulogize the my spiritual father at the memorial and the celebration homecoming of Paul Garleton. And though I don't understand everything, how man could hold on that long with the diagnosis of ALS, for which there's no cure, but yet he held on, he fought for more than two and a half years. So I know that he fought a good fight. He finished his course. He kept the faith. And no matter what, the ruminations in my mind may begin to say, I have to come back to this fact that all things work together for good. God has an overarching purpose. God has a plan and a will for all of our lives. And I encourage you to walk in that purpose. Submit to that plan. Make up your mind to do the will of the Lord. Don't resist. And whatever you do, because God has a plan for your life, don't die before you try. Don't die before you try to discover God's purpose in your life. Before you discover the plan that he has for you, a plan that he chose before the foundation of the world. Don't die before you try to do God's will. And so today my heart is encouraged and, and I hope you are just too. We're going to miss Paul. We're going to miss his voice. We're going to miss the revelation, the wisdom of God's word that he taught us.
But even though Paul's life has ended, in this realm, his spirit and his teachings will continue. And so I'm honored. I am honored to be called his son. Amen. This morning, I'm reading to you from Psalms 37. Last week, I started what I'm intended to be a series of messages, a series entitled The Desires of Your Heart. And today, I'm calling this message, What You Want, You May Not Need. What You Want, You May Not Need. In Psalms 37, verse 3, the psalmist offers some good counsel, some good advice. He says in verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Walk by faith. Cultivate your faith. Grow in your faith. And when you do that, verse 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Verse 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes and devices to pass. And that wicked man would obviously be the workers, the evildoers and workers of iniquities, as mentioned in verse 1. But I want to focus once again on verse 4, where the psalmist says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, last week I told you that to delight in the Lord is to feel the joy of the Lord. Now, this joy of the Lord, it involves trusting the Lord. It involves enjoying yourself in the Lord. It involves you committing your way to the Lord and then it involves just resting in the Lord, living a life of faith, resting in the Lord. So this joy also involves trusting, delighting, committing, and resting in the Lord with a consciousness of the presence of the Lord. That's the way God wants us to live. God wants us to live with a consciousness of the presence of his spirit. Now, that's easy to say, I feel God at church. But what about when you leave church? Do you still feel the presence of the Lord? Is, there, is that consciousness still there? The consciousness that says, God is here. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. But joy, but joy itself. You know, joy is what cheerfulness, it's, it's gladness, it's delight. 
But joy is also a feeling. Do you feel the joy? Joy is a feeling that accompanies the expectation, the acquisition, and the very possession of the things you desire. But God promised here in Psalm 37, he promised to give you the desires of your heart. Please notice God did not promise to give you what you want. Let me say it again. God promised to give you the desires of your heart, but he didn't promise to give you what you want, but he most certainly promised to give you what you need. And I'm saying to you this morning that what you want may not, you may not need. Is that right? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, a very familiar verse, but the apostle Paul told the Philippian Christians, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. Paul clearly said, and it's a promise to every one of us, that God shall supply. He shall supply every need according to his riches in glory. There is a glory in the Lord. There is a richness of that glory living in the kingdom of God. And God says, I'm going to supply your need. And how does he do that? Well, he does it according to his riches and glory. What are those riches and glory? Those riches and glories can be a number of things, but one of the things they most certainly is are dreams and ideas. God, if you delight yourself in the Lord, God will give you dreams and ideas to see the fulfillment of your desires, to see the fulfillment of things that you need. So there's a difference between a need and a want. And that's where we get confused sometimes. We think because we want something, it's a need. And so we start blaming God when it doesn't come to pass. And then we say, but God, you said you should supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. Yes, he promised to supply your need, but he never promised to give you everything that you want. God promised to supply all your need, not all your wants. And what is the difference between the two? Now, a need is something necessary. Think about it. A need is something essential. A need is something required for your survival. For example, if you have a need for food. It doesn't mean that because you want steak and lobster, God's going to give you steak and lobster. But he will give you food for your survival. He'll give you food for that which is needful and necessary, for that which is essential for your health. If you need clothing, God promised to supply that need. But he didn't promise to give you Versace or Gucci or any other designer name, brand, because that's what you want. Huh? But God promised to meet your need. 
You know, growing up, Joyce and I, we were raising five kids. And our kids never went without the needs met. But they often complained that they didn't get what they want. You see, they wanted, I remember my girls were playing basketball. And they needed new athletic shoes. And they wanted name brand shoes, you know, Nike. How many hear what I'm saying? But I decided to get them a very good shoe without the name Nike on it. But the shoe was what they needed. That shoe met what was required, what was needed, what was essential. That shoe did the job. And they played very well in that shoe. Huh? See, God promised to meet your need, not your wants. You may say, Lord, I, I have a need for transportation, and, and, but, but, but I want a Mercedes. I want a BMW. I want a Maserati. Huh? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God promised to meet your need. Promising to meet your need could be bus fare. Promising to meet your need could be Uber fare. Promising to meet your need could be an old car or a not so old car. But because God promised to meet your transportation need, it doesn't mean that God's going to give you what you want. I want a Mercedes. I want a BMW and Aldi. I want... I want, I want, I want. But God never promised to give you what you want. He promised to give you what you need. Is that right? Now, on the other hand, I want is something you wish for, something you desire to possess. Too many times we're wishing for something that's not really essential in our lives, necessary in our lives. We're desiring to possess something that will not support our survival. It'll only support our ego. Did you hear what I said? Is that right? I asked my wife the other day. I said, what is the difference in your mind between a need and a want? Well, well George replied that, well, a need will sustain you. I said, oh, that's good. So if a need will sustain you, what, was a, what does a want do? A need will sustain you, but a want will entertain you. It will entertain the lust of your flesh and the lust of your eyes. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, the apostle John said, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. It is of the Father, not the world. So what was James telling us? He was telling us how Adam and Eve fell. God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, gave them everything they would ever need. But because they could not prove their faithfulness in the garden, then the, the greater promise that God made to them to take dominion and replenish the earth 
have dominion over all the earth, Adam and Eve never fulfilled that promise. Why? They weren't faithful in the garden. If you can't be faithful in the garden, how are you going to take dominion over the world? How are you going to cause all things to be subdued under you if you can't be faithful in the garden? Many of us haven't been faithful in our gardens. They already had everything they need. But all of a sudden, Satan came alone and, and he deceived not just a woman, but he deceived Adam as well because he was there with the woman. So John said, all there is in the world is the lust of the flesh. So when you say you want something, is that desire for wanting that thing, is it driven by the lust of your flesh? All there is is the lust of the eye. Do you want it because it's like eye candy to you? I want it because I saw it, and because I saw it, I like what I saw, and that's what I want. And now you're going to say, God, you promised to supply all of my need. But he didn't promise to supply that one. Is it appealing to the pride of your life? I'm telling you, beloved, that a need, whatever a need is, it'll sustain you, and that's why God promised to meet all of your need. But a a want, on the other hand, will entertain you. It'll entertain the lust of your flesh, the lust of your eyes, and the pride of life. These things are not of the Father. They're of the world. If we're going to live in the kingdom of God, and if we're going to trust God to meet all of our needs according to his riches, to give us the desires of our heart, then we must understand it's not based upon what's happening in the world. It's happening what's, it's based on what's happening in your relationship with God. Now, why do I say that? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. What does it mean to be joined to the Lord? To be joined to the Lord is to be cleaved to the Lord. To be joined to the Lord means to be glued to the Lord. Now think about that. If you are joined to the Lord, you're cleaving to the Lord, you're just glued, you're just stuck like glue in the Lord. If you're joined to the Lord, then your desires ought to be righteous. And remember, the righteous desires, they can be measured by, do they violate love for God? Do they violate love for others? So a righteous desire, a righteous desire of your heart is God meeting your needs, not your wants. So you join to the Lord. And God's going to make sure you always get what you need. And for God to deny you your need, God would be denying himself because you are cleaved to the Lord. You are glued to the Lord. You are joined to the Lord. You're now one with the Lord. And for God not to meet your need is for God to deny himself. But this is where the heartache comes in. This is where the discouragement comes in. This is where the doubt comes in. Because we're thinking the very things we want 
We're thinking their needs. God knows exactly what you need. I remember as a young boy, I struggled with food. Not in the way you might think. I never want to eat. I never want to eat because I never liked what my mom cooked. It got so bad, they took me to the, uh, the uh, clinic, and I was given a shot. I had to receive an injection just to give me an appetite to start eating. It's hard to tell by looking at me now, though, but I'm saying that's the way it used to be. Huh? And I never forget, I just never like, you see, my father always had a garden. And he, he grew and raised his own vegetables. And my mother cooked from the vegetables, from the crop, from that garden. That was our dinner. Peas, beans, greens. And I, I never forget one day, my mom cooked cornbread and greens. I said, I don't want to eat that. I want something else. And that happened often, by the way. See, I always had little part-time jobs growing up. I knew how to hustle. And so I had my money. So anytime my mother cooked, if I didn't want to eat it, even though it may have been what I needed, I went out and bought what I wanted. You see, we didn't have McDonald's and Burger King, those type of things back then, but we had, we had George's Grill. We had other uh, uh, little restaurants, uh, you know, in walking distance. I would go buy me a hamburger or a hot dog and french fries rather than eating the meal that my mother prepared. And I'll never forget one day. I said, Mom, Mama, what's for dinner? She said, greens and cornbread. I said, I don't like that. She said, boy, you better go and eat that. That's good for you. And that day, I didn't have any money to go buy anything else. I was desperate, Dave. I was really desperate. I didn't have no money, couldn't find no money, couldn't find no money to steal. I was desperate. So I was so hungry, I forced myself to sit down at the kitchen table and eat cornbreads and greens. And as I continued to eat those greens, they got good to me. Now, greens are one of my favorite side dishes right now. And I haven't stopped eating greens since. Because see, my mother knew what I needed. But I only knew what I wanted. Because it was based on the lust of my flesh. It was based on the lust of my eyes. I wanted something differently. But my mother knew I needed something more. God is the same way. Even though you don't get sometimes what you want, you will always get what you need because God knows exactly what every one of us need. Some people say, well, I'm believing God for a big house. Maybe a four or five bedroom house. Is that a want or a need? Is that a want or a need? Or perhaps you believe in God to move in a certain neighborhood, maybe a gated community or something. Is that a want or a need? And so we go on frustrating ourselves in our walks of faith because 
We are misappropriating the promise in Psalm 34, Psalm 37, verse 4, where it says, delight yourself also in the Lord. I am telling you, if you're truly in delighting yourself in the Lord, you're going to decrease and God's going to increase. You're going to minimize what you want and you're going to maximize and magnify what the Lord says you need. But if you delight yourself also in the Lord, he, he shall give you the desire of your heart. The desires of your heart are needs. They're needs, not wants. The desires of your heart is your sustenance for life. It isn't a dessert. Did you hear what I said? It's the very sustenance you need to accomplish God's purpose, to fulfill God's plan, and to continue walking his will. God wants to give you what you need, and that's why you're desiring it. And why you're desiring it? Remember now, it's the desire of your heart. You're joined to the Lord. You're desiring it because God had already laid up for you those needs or the answer to those needs before the foundation of the world. So we need to stop chasing materialistic things. We need to stop being moved by materialistic ambition. And we need to trust God for what we need. Here's the good news, beloved. God knows he knows the things you have need of. Did you know that? God knows. And this is why he says, delight yourself in me. And I'll give you the desires of your heart. Because whatever you desire is what I want to give you because you need it. In Matthew chapter 6, just before Jesus taught his disciples how to pray the model prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that prayer. He first told them something before you pray. It's important to pray with the right attitude. It's important to pray with the right approach. It's important to pray knowing that you're going to be praying for what you need and not get distracted by what you want. Jesus said before he taught them to pray, the disciple prayer, he taught them in Matthew 6 verse 8, he said, but your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Did you hear that? You can beg, you can plead, you can cry all you want, but God already knows the things that you have need of before you ask. And this is why you ought to be delighting yourself in the Lord so he can give you the desires of your heart. When that need is fulfilled, that's the desire of your heart also being fulfilled. Then in that same passage, in that same teaching, in Matthew chapter 6, in the 32nd verse, Jesus begins to say, we ought not to be like the Gentiles. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. But your Father in heaven knows that you have need of these things. We got to stop living like Gentiles and start living like the people of God. Now, this word Gentile is obviously a metaphor for anybody who is strange or stranger to the covenant, for anybody not in the kingdom, for anybody who doesn't have a relationship with God. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.